Welcome back to another episode of the Shups and Preds podcast. We are three strong today, missing Tyler as he is in Dover, Delaware to attend an amateur wrestling convention. So hopefully he has fun at that and then uh, we get him back on the pod next week. But we do have John, Matt, and Peter say hello, guys. What up? Hello, guys. We're going to dive right into reviewing the week that was week seven in the CFL. It started out with an absolute barn burner in Ottawa as the Montreal Alouettes grabbed their second win of the season, a 44-33 victory over the Red Blacks. Story of the game, pretty clear. Trevor Harris was absolutely balling. 25 of 31, 341 yards, two touchdowns. Um, his favorite target, Herji Mayala, five catches on five targets for 102 yards plus a touchdown. Uh, I got to say, guys, this is an explosive Alouettes offense uh, that showed up. I, I don't know if they'll show up again, uh, but they showed up this game and it was incredible. Now, they still nearly had to go to overtime. There was. A very unfortunate, if you're the Red Blacks, Darvin Adams drop in the end zone on their final drive of the game. Uh, that was deflating, to say the least, especially <laughs> because Darvin Adams had a pretty dang good game of nine catches for 118 yards and a touchdown. But the story for me is that that Montreal offense was humming, and I think that's going to be something that uh, will need to happen. Uh, if they want to continue picking up games. And it's going to be especially important against these Eastern opponents um, because you never know who's going to show up on any given game. So if you can just score the most points, I think you're uh, probably going to have a good chance of winning. There's my expert opinion. Guys, do you have any thoughts on the matter? Uh, I just think it has to be hard on the Alouettes' offense to to look across the locker room. I assume in football locker rooms, they're separated one side for offensive players, one side for it's actually a, There's actually a curtain down the middle of the locker room. Yeah, so they're like the offensive guys are peeking <laughs> under and around the curtain and just giving the defensive guys <laughs> mean looks. Um, like the, there's not much else you can do. Like I, I, just, I don't know what else Trevor Harris can do. They're um, the reverse Winnipeg. And... Yes. It's, it's yeah. a good call, Peter. So, I don't know. I won't go that far. We'll get into Winnipeg. But, um, yeah, it's just they have everything working for them on offense. And, you know, I think the challenge is that Trevor Harris is up and down. Uh, Jeshroon and, uh, and Walter Fletcher, uh, like, trade off when they decide to have good and bad days. Yes. And... Yes. And so when it, it all kind of clicked, they won by a, a score and nearly went to overtime. And so I'm, I'm just, I, you can't, this can't be a confident team. No, well, and I'll, I'll, here's a few stats, here's a few defensive stats to piggyback on Matt's point and where Montreal falls so far this season. They are second to last in points allowed. Uh, they are third to last in opponent offensive points. They are third to last in opponent touchdowns. They are dead last in opponent's second down conversion. They are dead last in the amount of plays the oppo their opponent has run. Uh, their opponents run 60.2 plays a game. Um, and they're also third to last in opponent Nets offense. Only Edmonton and Ottawa behind them. Uh, so yeah, their defense is not uh, picking up the slack. <laughs> but anyway, there's a long list of stats uh, that are not uh, flattering for the uh, Montreal defense. And yeah, it goes to Matt's points in that this offense yeah, has had a couple really solid games, um, and it looks like they're probably just going to need to keep doing that because uh, their defense is not helping them very much. Any thoughts? No, I, I, th I just think... Um... I, I, I like the first thing you said, and we had talked about it earlier in the week. Um, Trevor Harris, I mean, was exceptional. I think this is exactly, I mean, this is a classic T talk, Harris game, dude. It is, it was <laughs> accuracy so, so needed, and it was just at the right time because not that, not that I like anybody was losing faith on the Alouettes. There's not a lot of faith in the Eastern Conference to begin with, yeah. Um, but certainly, like, this is this is kind of the T Harris we saw. Back with Edmonton, and it's it's for like him. I, I can point, yeah. I can I can only imagine this is 
doing absolute wonders for his confidence. I would have to agree with that. So, Pete, now that that's, that's said and done, we're moving past it. Talk yes. to us about Hamilton at BC. We had BC coming off a bye week. Um, a bye? Lions, a bye. And the Lions got it done just barely, just slightly, against the struggling uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, definitely a big defense, defensive showing for the, uh, for the Lions. Uh, held Don Jackson to 3.3 yards per carry, which... I mean, we we continue to talk about this week in and week out. You just you cannot be averaging three yards a carry with your your main guy and expect to win or no. score in in any capacity. So, uh, I thought that was just I mean huge uh, for BC, especially coming off a of bye week and uh, allowing. I mean, I was that did Winnipeg was that the most points Winnipeg scored the entire season was against BC? Yes, I believe. Yes. So, so I mean that I mean. Obviously a good team in Winnipeg, but not a team you're hoping to allow too many points against. So this, I think, was really big for the BC defense. We kind of we kind of got on them on them last week uh, going over their game against Winnipeg. So I think this was a huge, huge game moving forward. Uh, obviously, uh, one of the big talking points on uh, offense, the huge game by Lucky Whitehead kind of, I mean, I, I'm more personal to this performance as he's on my <laughs> fantasy team, but... Uh, haven't quite seen what we'd think out of this guy this season, or at least what I thought. And uh, to put up 111 yards in a TD um, in a game where that absolutely mattered uh, is huge. Yes. Is huge. And uh, to that note, James Butler back in the action, over 100 total yards uh, on the ground and in the air, um, which, I mean, for him, like T. Harris, big confidence uh, builder going forward into the season. Um, and I mean, for Hamilton, I mean, what what are you gonna say? Like this, I just this would have been such a big win if they were to pull this off. Um, but they just the the defense obviously like tried to get it done in in any way they could. But um, as I know, I love I love my guy Braylon Addison, and I love. I, I don't love Dane, but I certainly don't mind him. Uh, this is not just cannot feel good um, against, especially a team that maybe they they could uh, put up some points against. Uh, this just, I mean, cannot feel good. Dane, I mean, uh, touchdown to pick, almost 300 yards passing. Not he, the man loves yards. Loves yards. I know. I mean, he loves yards. Um, putting the ball in the end zone multiple times is another story. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think Hamilton, this, this, I mean, not a certain, I mean, not a game maybe they expected to win, but one, when you're in that situation, certainly you expect to battle a little, maybe not, I mean, they battled, you know, but come out on top and for, I mean, BC squeak by, this is, I mean, got to, I mean, many things to work on Rourke. I mean, we've seen in the past couple games, got to clean it up a little where he's not quite that pinpoint guy that I mean he went off at the beginning of the season so it's kind of yeah kind of on us for and everybody in the media for labeling him you know just a just an absolute the savior but like certainly um this has got to feel good for the the weapons that Rourke has and the defense going forward my dude needs to take care of the ball, though. He had a couple. Uh, now, the first interception wasn't really his fault. Uh, Lucky no. Whitehead should have caught that. That last interception, though, uh, picked off by Tunde Adelike, I believe, was uh, frustrating, to say the least. It was just a bad forced ball at a time where uh, they really couldn't afford it. So, Lucky didn't come uh, back to bite him in the butt. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. This was an odd performance from BC because they win and like obviously winning's all that matters, but they just weren't having I don't know. I just felt like production, yeah. Obviously production wasn't there. They just yeah, they just weren't having those those big booming plays either. You had like uh you had a big one uh from yeah. Lucky, but I mean, I don't That's know. That's kind of what you I think I, but at like one explosive play, like that is that. Yeah, James, I, I know James but, Butler like, had a long year, run last year. One explosive play, we could have been like, oh yeah, like oh, the Lions show some sort of light yeah. of good play. 
Yeah. But, I mean, we can talk about big plays coming up in the uh, the lack of big plays coming up yes. in the Winnipeg Edmonton game. Yeah. Um, but for a team I view as being the like hands down the best offense in the league, it's disappointing. It's certainly disappointing. Matt, you have any thoughts on this other than disappointment? Not you're not angry. You're just disappointed. I I I really just need Dane to. Buckle down, man. I, I think he's there. I think he's ready to crack. Like, I, I know that you are uh, a big Jeremiah guy, as am I. Uh, but I'm not ready to say that Dane was the wrong choice because you see, like, he, he threw 430 yards in a game. Man loves yards. He can he can do it. You yes. just have to do it. Yes. I don't know. Like, just do it. So I, I feel like he's... He's itching for a breakthrough. Now you don't get many opportunities. Like it's it's going to, the like the clock will run out. You're, but he still has plenty of time to be a great CFL quarterback. And he has, I think he has the skills. It's like we we look at some other guys in the league, potentially with the same last name, who are good, who are going to play well, but they're never going to crack into the level of Bo Levi, uh, Michael Riley. Uh, you know, you go back and further, Ricky Ray, you know, a lot of these guys that are established established guys. I feel like Dane is right there if he can, but he just doesn't have the productivity yeah. that those guys had. He doesn't have the fit. They're not finishing. The ha- that's what I was about to say. The Hamilton team needs to Listen, get some dog in them. The Winnipeg I'm an team fan. has to, the Winnipeg- I'm an Edmonton fan. I know what it looks like for a team to not finish. And that is what Hamilton is struggling with currently. The Hamilton team needs a little dash of what Winnipeg's got, and that's some dog. A little bit of that Zach Wilson. Matt, talk to us about Winnipeg and Edmonton, a real barn burner. Well, so hard to say much about this at all. I mean, this is, this is a boring game. Um, not a lot of productivity on either side uh, what weirdly there was one huge play uh mr dalton shown uh with an 81 yard reception uh i i was wondering and i don't know if you guys saw the marshall ferguson tweet he wondered you know uh winnipeg only completed seven passes yes because when was the last time somebody had completed <laughs> that few of passes and still won i did and it was see. winnipeg against edmonton in 2019 so the more things change, the more they stay the same. Um, I, I I had a thesis going, and I was partially proved right, um, except for three series, not including kickoffs. Winnipeg didn't start further back than their own forty-yard line, so they were starting on, if not short field, very manageable fields, and certainly, you know at a position where if they did go to and out, they're going to be sinking Edmonton deep. Yeah. The weird thing that I, I can't quite reconcile is uh, two of their touchdowns came when they started on their own 25 and their own 32. Maybe they need the room they to play the <laughs> they, need, they need the room. Yeah, they had too short a field. They couldn't they like a long field. picture. So, yeah, the Dalton Schoen uh, TD came starting on their own 32. And then... Um, in the fourth quarter, like a a thousand minute long series from their own twenty five that ended in a uh, a Dane Brown Drew Brown uh, Drew Brown uh, run. Um, so, guess that that was really what I think about this is Edmonton never pushed deep into Winnipeg's territory, um, and Winnipeg really didn't have much to do. Like I think they could have scored a thousand on this. I you know. It, it's insane that they only scored 24 points. Because their offense is... Their offense is <laughs> so tragic. And that, they, and that they can't convert on, you know, starting at the, uh, you know, Edmonton 50 or whatever. Like, that has to convert. You cannot yeah. go to and out and punt. But right, then on the flip side the of that, the, on the flip side of that, like, Zach Kolaros can throw a pick and Edmonton starts with the ball on their own 45... And it's like they're starting from their own ten. They're just not, it's just not <laughs> happening. Here's the thing. Just not moving. Yeah. No. That I was frustrated about. 
this is harkening back, and I express my frustration, harkening back to the, uh, when they beat BC, they put 43 points on them. That's impressive. It's 18 points more than their season average, so I would call it an anomaly, but they were certainly balling, and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But finally, uh, Farhan Lalji was talking about this, and I agreed with him, and I've been agreeing with him. Listen. Just because they're good doesn't mean we can't admit that Winnipeg is a bland-ass, boring team the vast majority of the time. That's just the way it is. Yeah. No, that's a compliment. They could probably just take a knee on the ball, like uh, in the water boy, and still win the game because they would, their defense would get a couple defensive touchdowns or whatever. So that's a compliment. They can be as bad as they want offensively, and they're still going to catch dubs. All I want to say in this game is I'm going to use as my example for the rest of the time is they are vanilla, they are boring. It just doesn't happen to matter at all in terms of wins and losses. Right. It, it would be nice if they could play like uh, an elite offense, like their yeah. elite defense. But yeah, it just doesn't. It just doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. It doesn't matter uh, at all. It's really. It's so boring. It's, it's really quite odd. So they're. They are, and I, like, they're, the way they have their offense set up, so I just want to make sure I've got these stats correct. So they attempted another 21 rushing, uh, had another 21 rushing attempts this game. They lead the league in rushing attempts so far this year at 152. That's five more than Saskatchewan in second, and then it's uh, 19 more than, Ed, or sorry, 29 more than Edmonton in third. And yet Winnipeg has the third fewest rushing yards of any team. So far, they've had 152 attempts for only 584 yards. Mm. Uh, They're averaging 3.8 yards per rush so far this season. It's, It's like almost as if they like let Andrew Harris go and just like they kind of forgot about it and they think he's the one that's back there at the start of every game. So it's like, I'm on this, now it's going to work out. Now, now we're going to run the ball, feed our guy, and it's going to work out. And it just hasn't. So I do have a question exactly. Maybe, I, I don't know, I, maybe it's like if we just run the ball more, that's just going to limit the amount of chances we have to make mistakes. And as long as we do that, we're going to win, which is a pretty smart strategy. But it just does seem odd that they've stuck to the run so much and are so bad at it. Well, they, they were talking about it on the broadcast, and it was literally as if the commentators were talking as if it was Winnipeg's goal to keep it out of Zach Caleros's hand. Like, actually working towards keeping it out of their own quarterback's hand, which is awesome. It's incredible. It's odd. All <laughs> and right. they're and the it... best team in the league. Yes. I've ne- you, you just, there is, I, there is no other league where the best team just has an average dude leading the squad. And hey, is the reigning, reigning, and is the reigning MOP. MOP. Right, and is the reigning <laughs> MOP. <laughs> All right. Any more... Uh, any more to say on this, or should we move on to uh, Toronto and the Riders? We can move. All right. Toronto won. Somewhat handily. Saskatchewan zero. Somewhat <laughs> handily? I don't know. <laughs> Toronto had to come from behind. They had to put up 17 in the fourth to get it done. Uh, they dominated the game everywhere else apart from the scoreboard. Uh, they outgained the Riders 496 yards to 174. I can't, I, I can't even do that math. It's such a wide gap. Uh, still only one by 10, and they needed a late fumble return touchdown on a kickoff to get that 10-point margin. Uh, the reason for this, in my opinion, Toronto had four turnovers, uh, and they just can't get out of their own way. This has been an issue for them all year long. They're third in total turnovers in the CFL. They're second to last in turnover differential. Uh, And really, that's the only thing holding them back because I do think that this win cemented uh, that Toronto is pretty clearly, pretty, pretty clearly the team to beat in the East. Uh, They're the only team in the division above 500. They have a legitimately stout uh, and impressive defense. Uh, But... Again, the turnovers, some of the decision-making, 
the choice to kick a 61-yard field goal at the end of the first half that led to a huge Mario Alford return uh, it was befuddling. Uh, these are things you can't do. Um, so as long as they don't shoot themselves in the foot too much, I think Toronto has a pretty clear path towards home field advantage uh, throughout the playoffs. Um, and then one thing I will say is that this was just an absurdly good game from Andrew Harris. Oh, he was fed early and often. 26 carries for 143 yards, seven receptions for 45 yards on seven targets. So he was just a safety valve the whole game for MBT. I'm very thankful Tyler isn't on here because these are the exact kind of stats that would lead to like a five-minute lecture on the heirs of the Dickinson brothers. I actually don't worry because I am going to step in (laughs) to talk about Craig and Craig because I'm Craig and Dave. You're going to roast them. Roast the dude. Get the get the parents involved. Dave gets a pass for this week. He's got a bye week. I'm sure we'll have stuff to say. Um, I'll I'll say something really quick. But yeah, no, I've just got got a quick thing. (laughs) Go ahead. Yeah. No, no. Say your thing. My quick thing on Dave. My is. He has Kadeem Carey, and he has the fewest rushing attempts of any team in the CFL, Calgary. So that's not good. Now go on. Uh, I don't know. if Did everyone see Craig's uh, media day I feel being, they're being hard done. Yeah, he's talking about how uh, the, the refs, the refs are out side. to get him. Yes. This guy, this guy has lost the locker room, I think, <laughs> in many ways. He is fighting with his starting quarterback. And, I mean, I think I think left him in too long and then said, oh, well, I, I couldn't take Cody out. I mean, he'll never go out. Like, he, your quarterback will go out if his coach head, benches head him. Head coach tells him to sit like, down. That's how teams work. <laughs> <laughs> Lunatic. Dude, you're... It's preach, preach. Yeah, and, keep it going. And, you know... Uh, And then that statement about how he thinks he's getting done dirty, and I I know it's... uh, I know that it is easy for, you know, to to just kind of spout out things, and I I, I don't get what Craig Dickinson is doing. Like, now is the time... It's easy for him to find that excuse. Now is the time where you got to really... you got to set an example. You've got your... Starting quarterback yeah. maybe has permanent ligament damage. Yeah. Like might not be playing for a while the rest of the season. He might not come back. Your other quarterback is has zero starting experience. You're in a really, really dark place offensively. Yeah. But your defense is still firing all on all cylinders. Yeah. So this is a time where you got to galvanize the team yeah, and not- say we are we had it we had a tough one guys you know we. Um, who had the fumble recovery? Was it um, that got called back? Uh, that was Charleston Hughes. Charleston Hughes. Who he also um, did some complaining, which was totally he... incorrect. <laughs> he said that in any other football league, that's a touchdown. And as many people pointed out, well, no, if it happened in the NFL, not only is it not a touchdown, but it's actually a penalty. So you same with college football. So you actually were done. Were done completely well yeah. by just getting the ball where you tipped it. Anyway, so you, so you got these guys. You know that you had a tough miss there that would have probably put the game in your favor because that makes Toronto make some new changes. You really have this game. Uh, it, just a few things go your way, yeah. and this is a win in mosaic. Great. But to drop it and then immediately just kind of come unravel and start bitching about the referees? Yeah. Nice. Like you're a head coach. Like, well, get, like that's just so embarrassing. It's and so, okay. so and Exactly what I'd expect and, from a Dickinson. <laughs> pick, and, pick and choose your spots also because I want to say Toronto had more than double the amount of penalty yardage that Saskatchewan had in this game. And Toronto was called for four more penalties. Uh, than Saskatchewan. So you can't come out and say the refs are against us when clearly you had no advantage taken away from you and Toronto had no advantage gained from the referees. Um, 
I don't want to tell you. It was, yeah, it was, I was, couldn't agree with you more. It was just a horribly timed complaint. And uh, the riders are unraveling. They're losing their minds, and I'm <laughs> reaping all the benefits. Exactly. <laughs> On that note, do we have anything else to say about week seven before we get into league leaders and then talk week eight preds? Um, I'll say something about Scatch since Tyler's not on here and I feel like I can speak freely. Um, say it. I, like, like, we, I mean, we just ripped on him a little bit, but there's no need to stop. Like, <laughs> ha, like go again. The team, the team is so Walmart Winnipeg, it's embarrassing. <laughs> and like, <laughs> the, they, they, Winnipeg has an identity. They know oh, they are bad be. at offense. They know they're bad at offense. And so, I mean, I think I, I think it was Willie Jefferson who said it in, in an interview where he yeah. was like, yeah, the offense expects a whole lot from us. Like, absolutely. That's, we, we know that. And it's like Winnipeg, or Saskatchewan, like, doesn't know they're bland and, do, like, they, they just have got no idea what's going on. That, I mean, obviously, I, I can imagine that leads to just – outlandish complaining that isn't really relevant so yeah so be it for the writers i put my faith into him this week and it just really made me upset because i was on my way to a uh, a yeah. golden week you I, even doubled down without cody you said I, forget it jake dolagala i trust him i want yes <laughs> and I it was, was like, there mostly because tyler picked against them so i was like okay well i gotta do it now dude i i feel anyway, like anyway i rest no, I mean, I think that's fair. I think, yeah, one last thing I'll say, sorry, to little pile on, is, yeah, you're starting a first-time-ever starter, and you hand the ball off to your running backs 13 times. Come on. And Jamal Morrow, three to Frankie Hickson. That doesn't seem like a good plan to me. That's all I got to say. Let's just, talk league. Just let's, weird. Let's talk league lead. Yeah, let's, yeah, well, it's just like, you know what we should do? This guy hasn't played a single game in the CFL. Let's just let him throw the ball 28 times and he'll complete 13 of them. What a crappy spot to put your quarterback in. Anyway. Bye. We Passing move. yards leaders. First, Zach Caleros. He has 1,724 yards. Um, but that's only because he's played seven games so far and they haven't had a bye week. So don't read too much into that. Uh, rushing yards, Jamal Morrow, 437 Receiving yards, new leader, Jalen Acklin with 543 and sacks. Pete Robertson still leading with seven, although Lorenzo Malden is close on his tail with six. With that being said, it is now time for week eight. Preds. We're going to kick it off. Pred, 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 pred. Tyler is in first place. He is 18 and nine on the season so far. So I will just read off what he has for this game, and he is going to pick the Hamilton Tiger Cats. We will then go to Peter. What say you? Uh, yes. Uh, I will be picking the Montreal Alouettes. And why? I, yes. I, I now why? Yes. I can, I can understand the the reasoning behind Hamilton. They need a win. Yada yada yada. They're so close. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Losers. Montreal just got it done in a very, not a, you know not a huge win, but in a big way, scoring so many points. Um, I think T. Harris is going to have a good opportunity to pick off uh, pick up where he left off. I think, and and albeit the Hamilton D is good, and it, I think that, that can speak to some of BC's troubles on offense. But uh, I do think that uh, Montreal and the weapons T. Harris has uh, will be able to. To get some some of those big plays yeah. we we're talking about and uh, get it done kind of like BC did. Maybe Hamilton can put on a late surge or a little bit at the end, kind of make it close. But uh, I see Winnipeg getting it done, or not we Winnipeg, know, Montreal. We, we know Montreal is uh, vulnerable in the second half. Yes, I am going to pick because I'm now third. We'll get to basement dweller Matt <laughs> next. <laughs> I'm going to pick the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Oh! This is the toughest... Uh, it, it's not no, It's not tougher than Winnipeg-Calgary, but this was a tough game to pick just because 
I feel like I'm gauging who I have less faith in. To- that's why it's harder. Because yes. Winnipeg, <laughs> yeah, yes, no. I, Winnipeg I and Calgary, I can say, I think that, yes, not, I think it's such and such is better. Yes. I just, I just think for some reason I trust Hamilton to just show up, put 27 points on the board, and not get the be job enough. done. Not going to be enough. I, do, I think it. I think. I think because Montreal played so well offensively, they're due for a little. <laughs> <laughs> they're a volatile team. There's no way they're going to just continue an upward trajectory. So I've got the Tie Cats. They're like the stock market, not inflation. That's exactly right, Matt. I am with Peter on this one, yes. and I will be going with the Montreal Alouettes. Although I don't agree with Peter that. Hamilton has, uh, what did you, how did you describe their defense? Oh, okay. <laughs> I think you're a little more he uh, said up on them. I said I, solid, I think. Was solid. solid. I don't believe, so, I, I don't think they have a solid defense. I think their defense is not bad. I don't think it's, uh, I don't know who has, nobody has a really bad defense, like an out and out bad the defense. Elks. Maybe Elks. <laughs> Edmonton does. Um, but no, I think that, uh, Hamilton will score a lot of points, and so will Montreal. But I think Montreal ultimately um, is a little bit of a stronger finishing game that they can get into the end zone, and that'll ultimately, um, especially if Walter Fletcher can get running, yeah. then we're in then we're in heavy Montreal territory. Okay, maybe Josh Schroon, man. Josh Schroon just had a big game. It's true. It's true. All right, BC. At Saskatchewan, Peter, what say you? Taking the away team again, uh, going with BC. Yep. Um, I mean, we just talked about a lot, uh, talked about a lot of the reasoning uh, behind this pick, which was uh, the dislike for Sketch and what they've got going on right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, not to not to hit on Toronto at all. I think, as John said, probably the best team in the East. Andrew Harris is rolling. Uh, but to allow 41 against Toronto and then have to run up against BC is just not the position I'd want to be in. So I, uh, I have BC getting on, getting on track. I expect Sketch to, I mean, hang in there a little bit as kind of they always do. Um, but I think BC uh, will get it done and uh, pull away towards the end. I have the BC lines as well. Uh, I'm incredibly excited for this game because I think this is a great test uh, for Rourke and that BC offense to face. Obviously, we know Saskatchewan's defense doesn't mess around. They get at the quarterback. They hit hard. Uh, it's going to be fun. But I I don't see even – I don't know who's going to play quarterback for him this mm-hmm. week, um, but I don't see a way whoever is playing quarterback is going to be able to score enough. Um, I think – yeah, I think BC will put up, you know – 35-40? No, not that much. I think they'll only put up about, like, uh, you know, 26-29, but uh, that'll be enough to get the job done. Yeah. Matt? I've got BC in this one. Um, Bring out the brooms. Yep. Any I, any particular reason? I think BC is the better team, and <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially with uh, <laughs> Rachel Dolagala. Uh, behind center or Mason Fine or Cody. Um, I I don't want Cody to play, man. I don't want to be mean. Yeah, I don't think Cody's gonna play football again. Oh my God, that's just not true. No, that's why I don't want him to play. That's I, just I, I would true. like. I I, I want is, him. That take I want, is so, so scorching hot. No, 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 no. That's not. I think he's injured. Take. He can I either think, he can either play football again or not play football again. I think it's Matt an injury has, thing. Matt huh? has chosen the one side. I, this is a binary. I'm just worried about the poor guy. I don't want him to play football for the rest of the year because yeah, I don't want him to get up. more injured. I think that's I think that's totally fair. I, I, like so, I am gonna like uh, maybe I should be picking Sketch because if Fine and Dolagala can just turn this team around. Yeah. Then Cody can just hang out and then come back when he's healthy. But if they start really sucking, he's going to have to play. Cody's going to, de- and he's really going to demand. And Craig won't be able to say no anymore that Cody's going to demand to be put in. Yes. And I can't I can't have that happen. But I still think BC's going to win this game. All right. Tyler is also picking the Lions. 
We've got a clean sweep for BC. All right, guys. Now we get to the game of the year so far. And I dare I say, this is actually, this supplants Winnipeg BC from, oh, week, yeah. <laughs> uh, from week five. I think this is legitimately the game of the year so far. Number one, what say you? Winnipeg at Calgary. Is this the best game of the year so far? This is, uh, I think, a great inflection point where mm, Calgary is continuing to, to rise and Winnipeg, I feel like, is on a bit of a downward slope. Like, they're both, they both started very similar and it's not like either is increasing or decreasing at any, like, rapid rate. But I do feel yes. that if Calgary can pull this one out, they will, like, secure their spot as this as the they will plant their flag as the best team in the cfl yes if they can really put winnipeg down so the issue and what's going to put a damper on this game is unfortunately we've got calgary dealing with a bit of an injury problem and they've got COVID running through their system. I'm trying to pull this oh, up. I didn't up. see COVID. I saw that. Yes, it was uh, okay. COVID and pneumonia. Oh, pneumonia. So let's Listen, see. Let me a, just as list as a, the two players. Times pneumonia survivor. It's no fun. You were. This is true. So, unfortunately, we've got Kadeem Carey out with an illness. Derek Dennis out with an illness. Um, Jameer Thurman starting linebacker out with an illness that's a quite a few people illness as in sick or illness as in like they're dope unfortunately it's the former <sighs> but i don't care about any of that crap <laughs> i am picking the calgary stampeders to hand the winnipeg blue bombers their first loss wow. this season. and i will tell you why please it is because when they lost to the bombers by seven a couple weeks ago the Calgary Stampeders played absolutely horribly. Bolivar Mitchell was 12 of 28 for only 187 yards, one touchdown, one interception. They made a lot of mistakes. They didn't take advantage of um, the opportunities given to them by Winnipeg. So I see the Stampeders correcting those mistakes just enough to get the victory. Matt, what say you? John, I think you are absolutely correct. Yes. That Calgary is looking really good. Yes. Um, and the, the Kadeem Carey, uh, with Kadeem Carey, this is a solid lock. Oh, Without, yeah. still a pick for me to go with Calgary. Yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, Tyler has picked the Bombers. So has Pete. No, I will be taking the Winnipeg Blue Bombers because it's your, it's your one rule. It's my one rule, and I broke it once, and I, will I not, meant to. I meant I will, to bring that up. Actually, will not be breaking it again. Um, this team is seven and zero, and you've heard it this entire episode. They are boring, and so <laughs> to be seven and zero and to be boring is like truly fantastic especially already playing Calgary and BC once, who I would say are definitely the two other top teams in this league. Yes. Um, so, yeah, Winnipeg, absolutely. No, no, no second thoughts about it. Not one. I meant to bring that up because I do feel, and the, the reason I'm really picking Calgary is I do feel that last week Winnipeg showed us differently. Yeah, but they didn't lose, which is my problem. <laughs> I, it's not, I, I, the rule wasn't lose. It was show us differently. Yeah, but their defense showed me <laughs> that they can just kick ass whenever. And it should be said that Winnipeg's dealing with a couple legit injuries of their own. Yeah. No Johnny Augustine. He just did not, not practice on Tuesday, and he's been far and away their best running back ahead of Oliveira. No Ellingson. The breakout, Carlton Agadosi, unfortunately he's hurt. Jackson Jeffcoat's hurt. So I think the injuries sort of even themselves out uh, enough for me to st feel confident picking uh, Calgary. Well, I'm happy. Hey, I don't, don't take my confidence to uh, put down your confidence, right. if that makes sense. It doesn't. And finally, <laughs> we get to Ottawa at 
Toronto. The surprisingly explosive Ottawa Red Blacks. Question They've been mark? putting up some points. Their offense has been not looking too bad. Uh, they're just Caleb due. They are due, but unfortunately, Matt, you can kick us off. Uh, are they going to get it this week? <laughs> I want it to happen so bad. I feel so bad for these guys. I do not think that this is the week that they turn it around. They'll have to wait for, let's see, what do they have coming up? Calgary, not going to do it. No. When do they play buy. the Elks? No, that, they play Elks in week 11. Oh, well, that's and not so too I far think away. they'll have to, yeah. So I, I don't see them getting it done. No. The Red Blacks, that is. I, I, Toronto is the best team in the East. I think that's They're clear. Best team in the East. And, until Montreal can figure out what they're doing on uh, on defense, it's super clear to everyone looking. Um, and I think MBT's playing well. I think he, he could take care of the ball better. Um, he's not the kind of commanding uh, QB presence that uh, the guys we've talked about earlier are, but I think he's playing really well. Uh, and obviously Andrew Harris now getting really into the game uh, that is a, a game changer. Absolutely. So Toronto is my choice. Yeah, I, I I would agree with Matt there. Um, to piggyback off what your your last point there, I think Andrew Harris getting back into form um, should really put the, the East on high alert. Because I mean that to have to if if there's a dominant player in that division, they could really run away with it. So, um, I think, yeah, Toronto gets it done as long as they uh, just pound the rock. Not too much, Andrew Harris. You know, got some years on him. He's yep. not, not uh, maybe not a, you know, 25 He's No attempt. spring chicken. Right. He's not a 25 attempt. Maybe. Uh, maybe he know, was your last week. Yeah, I know, but. Just give the man the rock. But, He's yeah, got but you don't want to, you don't, people. you don't want to, you don't want to uh, overdo it certainly this early in the season, but. Saying that, I still, uh, I still, I still think Toronto will walk away with the dub. Tyler has Toronto as well. I have Toronto. This is going to be our second sweep of the week. Um, the question I pose to you guys: mm. Do we see Nick Arbuckle this week for the Ottawa Red Blacks? Oh yeah. yeah. You think we do? Yeah, he's uh, short down. Yeah, short yardage, and oh, no. Yeah. They're not going to bring him. Caleb Evans is the superior runner. I think. I think they bring Arbuckle in as like a legitimate. They're going to see what he has. I hope it doesn't get to that point. <laughs> it, I, I did want to talk. I almost brought this up uh, during the the recap. Um, bring it up. I. What do you guys think? Caleb Evans hasn't won a game as a starter, though. But he's impressive. It's not his fault. Well, so yeah, so if you're Paul LaPolice, right, and so out of the 65 games you've coached, you've only won uh, 19 of them, you know, what do you do in this scenario where you have a guy who, I think I think the general consensus with Caleb Evans is that he's a very good mobile quarterback, yep. probably doesn't have the, um, the accuracy uh, that you want in a starting CFL quarterback, but he has played very well. I mean, I think he's stepped up in, in ways that other quarterbacks um, stepping in for injuries have not. I mean, how long do you let him go? Can he continue to play well but not deliver wins? Or what's the what's the switch there where you need to pull an Arbuckle? So, yeah, that's I like I have thoughts on this. You if he doesn't win this week. I think you've got to say, all right, we've got to just see what Arbuckle has. But as odd as it sounds, like I still feel like I feel like Evans gives them the best chance to win. But if you go zero and three, you've lost the chance to just simply have that belief uh, held week after week without it being challenged a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I see, I see him. He's got this game. If they win, then he buys himself some times. Uh, some time if they lose then I think you see Arbuckle there's a reason you traded for him you got to give him at least a look um, and see if uh, he has he's going to be able to do something to get them in the winning column Um, but going forward um, I think 
I think Caleb Evans has he gives them the best chance to win with his mobility. Um, but if he doesn't actually win, you have to see uh, if that uh, hypothesis is true. <laughs> That's okay. fair. That's fair. fair. Yes. So, but I expect to see Arbuckle probably in the second half of this week's game, just because I feel like Toronto can get, I hope, I hope Toronto just like is able to get a big lead, um, because I want to see Toronto not, I feel like this, as weird as this is, this is also a game where I think Toronto could totally S the B and like score like 15 points in an incredibly boring victory. Uh, but I just hope that's not the case. That's my yes, final indeed. thoughts on that. All right, Matt, talk to us about fantasy. Talk to us about fantasy before we sign off here. Well, it was a good uh, good little week for everyone, uh, except for, well, John did fine. I did okay. <laughs> um, Tyler had uh, Tyler ended up le- winning the week 83.9 uh, behind a huge game from Dalton Schoen. Um that 81-yard touchdown um, accounted for 14.1 over half. Yeah, over half of uh, Tyler's to- or, or his total points. So that was awesome. Another huge game from Jalen Ackland, 143 some odd yards. Yep. Um, so uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, we had Jake Dolagala uh, step in, um, which brought down his total. But 83.9 was enough to take the week. Uh, for me, I had um, some some challenges, uh, but was able to take second at 76.3. Uh, my big one was Andrew Harris having that huge game. Uh, Eugene Lewis grabbed a touchdown. Otherwise, nothing too exciting. And, um, yeah, my two uh, Ottawa guys, Powell and Harris, uh, only had 8.9 and 6.3 together. But um, the Winnipeg defense... Uh, was enough to push me over Peter, who came in third at 75.2. Um, not having a defense, Peter. Is detrimental. Sunk you on this one. Uh, but MBT, who we just talked about, uh, 21.1 was the high quarterback this week. Um, so I playing point, really well. want to point this out real quick. Peter did start Keon Schaefer-Baker, who had zero points. Well, yeah. you, well, we will Off be the getting top of your head. How many times was Keon Schaefer Baker targeted on zero? Sunday? No, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna not be happy. <laughs> he was targeted eight times, <laughs> and had zero receptions. So yeah, KSB seventy-five point two with five players. He was Bring the most four. most targeted. Oh, four, yeah, four players. Bring it my way. <laughs> most targeted receiver for the Riders. Uh, so Peter, play. your big guy though was Lucky Whitehead twenty-six point four. John, looking at your slate, nothing stands out as really bad. Don Jackson at 5.4, who we touched on in that recap, obviously not great. Uh, Keon Hatcher not able to to keep up with that huge first uh, few weeks he had filling in for Brian Burnham. Um, But, John, your number one guy, uh, Kenny Lawler, 16.8. I'm going to miss him this week. Yeah, so I – We'll we'll bring it up. We'll see how Edmonton or how uh, sorry how Winnipeg does in a second week without Greg Ellingson. But my working thesis is that the that the the Winnipeg offense only works with a main receiver. And I have to go back. I know that Greg Ellingson was targeted on over twenty five percent of wow. Winnipeg's passing plays. And I feel like last year Kenny Lawler was in a similar place. Um, so Kenny Lawler is great. He's a great player. We all agree. Uh, but John, you were last 67.7 overall. Tyler closed the gap on me by just a little bit, but I'm still out in front five eleven point five. Uh, Peter Tyler gapped you a little bit. He's at five, a four eighty seven point eight. You're at four seventy eight point eight. And then John, you are right there. Uh, four sixty eight point one. So, I mean, there's only a, uh, 43 point gap between first and, and fourth so it's wide open oh yeah so i just want to because i have the stats so it was a little bit more spread out in the winnipeg offense last year the big piece they're missing because he's hurt it was big for them last year nick Dembski. yeah 
So when he comes back, he was the second most targeted person on the team last year. Or sorry, the third most targeted behind um, Lawler and uh, it looks like behind Lawler and Rashid Bailey. But yeah, Bailey's targets have dropped off a cliff um, because now he doesn't, I, I don't even know what Play to say. He, he, well, yeah, he plays wide out, but it still seems ridiculous. Now, he did have a touchdown this last game. Great catch. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Lawler had 22 more targets uh, than any other player last year. And this year, um, Ellingson has... So, that's weird. Yeah, it says that Ellingson has the same amount of targets as shown now, so it looks like that's evened out. Hmm. But I should have said this earlier in the game. Uh, we got to put some, not that we haven't, but extra respect on the shown name. You should absolutely respect the shown name. But yes. And finally, the last thing we got to get to, guys, uh, before we sign off is updating the fans on the soap poll. We ran yep. a poll talking about did you prefer liquid soap to bar soap? And the votes are in. 57% of Twitter listeners and engagers prefer liquid soap oh. over bar soap. Who are you people? I know. Free Small advert. Get some size. Dr. Squatch, dude. There were, there were only seven votes and four of them were us. So it was really the other three that came in. Um, I do I mean, know big, that well, question. We know that, we know that the three, me, Matt, and Tyler, all prefer bar soap because... And so like I know Cole Boilo is a liquid I voted, soap man. I voted liquid. Oh, right. I said it last week. He prefers bar but uses liquid. I use liquid. I'm a, I'm a liquid soap boy. And I... And I yeah. hey. Now, here's the question, John. Did you vote twice? No, I can't vote twice. You can't vote on your own poll. You so, can't? No. Huh. Oh, no. No, I didn't. Weird. That's all we've well, got you go. for you guys, though. DM us. Shoot us a message at Shups and Preds if you have any questions. Uh, let us know what you thought of the pod. Go and leave a review uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Guys, please remind them what the review has to be. Five stars, baby. And, and nice. Only. Nice. Say That's nothing most, mean. Nothing mean, only it. positive. Uh, if you can highlight... Highlight a positive attribute for all four posts, and we will read your review live on the air. That's a promise. And uh, say your name if you let us. That's right. Anyway, I've got nothing else to say. We're on to week eight of the CFL season. Until next week, peace out.